ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We are live from the First Midwest Bank Studios on State Street in downtown Chicago. We're here till 10 o'clock tonight taking your calls and we're open for business for them at 312-332-3776. And we'll read your tweets on the air if you have any thoughts on the White Sox game tonight. The Cubs... As that game wraps up, we'll take your full uh, comments and calls at 312-332-3776 as we will do a full baseball postgame show for you. Both sides of town, the Chicago Cubs and the White Sox. The White Sox lose tonight to the Indians 5-3. to The White Sox are now 16-19 and on the season. In this hour, we will hear from Tim Anderson. He was on the Dan Levitard show. A fantastic interview. We'll hear some of the uh, best parts of that interview coming up later on this hour from Tim Anderson. We'll talk about the Cubs. We'll hear from Addison Russell. We'll hear from Theo Epstein. Uh, but Adam, there is a developing situation between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. In the fourth quarter, Uh-oh. the Bucks are up 20. Uh-huh. And it looks like the Celtics are about to get bounced out of the playoffs. Oh, that's... That's the developing situation as we uh, start the third hour here and uh, wait for the Cubs game to end and talk NBA basketball. Kyrie is one of seven wow. from three-point range, six of 20 from the field. He has 15 points, and he has already booked his flight to Cancun. Yeah, that's what it Direct. looks like. Uh, there was a clip online a couple minutes ago at the end of the third quarter where the Bucks got four consecutive offensive rebounds, and basically there were Celtics players just standing about. Oh, that's and, the clip and, you were watching from the game? Bucks players are running all over the place. Giannis, like Stretch Armstrong, grabbing offensive rebounds, passing out, three-pointer, passing out, rebound, and all that, and the Bucks are just crushing the Celtics right now at home. The Bucks looking to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we'll keep our eyes on that as that game kind of wraps up in Milwaukee. We're also leading towards, at 9.30, the Rockets and the Warriors. Game 5 of that series, tied 2-2. And I, I'm really fascinated to see if Golden State could bounce back at home, at Oracle, and kind of make a statement in the series, or are they going to be forced into a situation where they have to go to Houston and win a game or get eliminated? I think... I've wanted to say that every time the Warriors are uh, f- 
faced with the fact that they they taste their own blood. Yeah, that they, they do. rebound. That, right, that's, that's really the marquee of this championship run for the last five years. Whenever Golden State gets to a point where you think it's going to fall apart, mm-hmm. it's when they play their best, yeah. and that's why they become such a great champion. We've seen them win it, but we've also seen them kind of get into the conversation with other great champions mm-hmm. because when they get down, they always respond. Mm-hmm. Last year, they had to win a game in Houston to keep their season alive, and they did so, and then they won game seven, and they moved on. So, I mean, I know it's cliche. It is but cliche. But I would not want to go to Houston in a must-win situation. No, well, not this team because the way they've played in the season mm-hmm. and into the playoffs – uh, they they seem nonchalant. Yeah. They seem like they're not as interested as they have been in the past. And it's rare because for such a great team, they're really wasting the opportunity they have in front of them. And you wonder about what's going on behind the scenes. Are people sick and, and frustrated with Kevin Durant? You know, Jordan Cornette was on the station earlier this week saying he's heard from people that they're ready to be done with Kevin Durant. I've talked to people who are out there and I told those people what Jordan said and they said, yeah, that's that's not entirely not true. Like, like there are people who are ready for it to be done with okay. and to move on to the next thing. I think what is fascinating when we talk about the Warriors is a lot of people think once Durant leaves, oh, no, what are they going to do? Well, they still have one of the best players in the NBA. Um, they still have one of the best defenders in the NBA. They still have Klay Thompson, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. You guys realize... Have- that when Durant leaves, they'll have another spot open. That's going to open a max yeah. salary slot yeah. for the Warriors. I know they have to re-sign Clay Thompson, and at some point, Draymond Green, he'll be up after next season. But that means they could still add a player. What does Kawhi think of uh, San Francisco? Well, yeah, see, like, and that's where the whole uh, Golden State Warriors thing is, is fascinating. Because if Durant wants to leave and he wants to do that, they could find a way to continue this championship run by just plugging in a different elite star to take maybe not as much as Durant was going to take and just say, okay, fine, we'll pay Clay Thompson, we'll bring in Tobias Harris, we'll be fine. Right? Like, Tobias Harris is a better upgrade than Harrison Barnes, right? True. Like, like if you're looking at that, I mean, Harrison Barnes was on the team that was the best team ever to play in the league, right? Like, like that 73-win Warrior team, they had Harrison Barnes in the corner. Mm Mm-hmm. So if Durant leaves, they're still going to have money. They're still yeah, going to be able to. I do mean, something. it's a down. Tobias Harris is obviously a downgrade from Kevin Durant. That's but, not what I'm arguing. But, I'm arguing the fact yeah. that they're going to have some cap. They'll space. be okay. Yeah, they'll have cap space. They're a six point favorite going into tonight. I would think that they would win. I don't know if they cover the six, but I think that the Warriors, after being punched in the mouth, after having a day off, after realizing, hey, if the, this is not going to end like this, if we're if this is going to end, if the if the writing on the wall is that Durant is leaving, we need to take advantage of having the best player in the NBA right. Right now on our team and take advantage of that and win one more before he leaves to complete the three people leave and then he leaves and then you just call it a then you find the next like you said the find you find the next plug and play guy but ultimately you got this is one of the best teams ever assembled with this talent and Durant's one of the best NBA players he's the best player in the league right now he's one of the best players ever and I think that it'd be foolish for them to just kind of be like yeah whatever we'll we'll be fine that's Adam Abdallah. I'm Chris Black singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. This hour, we will talk Cubs and White Sox baseball as we uh, kind of keep our eyes on both of those games. I know the White Sox game is over, but as we wait for the Cubs game to finish, we'll have full postgame coverage right here on ESPN 1000. We're going to hear from Nick Verdell in just a second. But first, if you want to go to Bellator 221, Bellator. 
Be caller number 21 now. You will get a pair of tickets to Bellator 221. It's this weekend at the Rosemont uh, Allstate Arena in Rosemont. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be awesome. A pair of tickets right now at 312-332-3776. Bellator 221 Chandler versus Pitbull at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont. Saturday, May 11th. Get your tickets now at Bellator.com and at the Allstate Arena box office. So caller number 21 now gets a pair of tickets. Later this hour, I have a VIP pack that we will give away. So in about 30 minutes right here on ESPN 1000, we will give away a VIP pack. The pair of tickets goes to caller number 21 right now here on ESPN 1000. Talking Warriors and Rockets as we get ready for that game at 930 later on tonight. Nick Ferdell on SportsCenter earlier today talked about how the Warriors are confident heading into this matchup. These guys couldn't be cooler right now. They're walking off that plane in Oakland a few hours ago, and they're like, we got it. And part of Kerr's message to them is, we have been through every phase. We've been through when we won. We've been through when we blew the lead. We've been through when we came back. They know that they've been through every situation. And as Kerr told not only the media, but has been telling his players, it's another chapter in our book. And we know how awesome that book has been if you're a Warriors fan. Uh, But for the players and coaches, they walk into Game 5 thinking, okay, nothing is going to shake our confidence here. Nick Ferdell on SportsCenter talking about how Golden State will slow down James Harden. I think we're going to see a lot more of Kevin Durant on Harden at times in Game 5. Durant's the guy who has the length and the knowledge going against him all those years in OKC in practice and all the years in the West to be able to at least stay in front of him. So I think Steve Kerr is going to go with that. The thing to keep in mind here is this. The Warriors going to Game 5 with at least the possibility that this could be the last game in Oracle. Because if you lose Game 5, you go to Houston, you lose Game 6, that's it. There is no Game 7. So they're going to rely on the emotion and the adrenaline in that building, in that moment, to get them through. You know, I'm not sure if many people here in Chicago, that was Nick Ferdell in SportsCenter, uh, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. I'm not sure if there's many people here that understand the impact of what that arena means for that city and for that team. Oracle Arena, one of the few old barns in the NBA that still rocks. Like most arenas in the league are these new, uh, you know, basically anything from the mid-90s into today mm-hmm. to today, right? Like this is an old stadium that's been there for 40 plus years. The ceiling's concrete. So the, the noise just is so loud in that place. And like, it's been a part of the marquee of this team and the rise of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and them becoming a great team is like the crowd in, in the atmosphere at Oracle, you know, they lose the next two games. They're never playing there again. They're going to the corporate stadium, the Chase Center in downtown San Francisco. Uh, right now, if you don't know, Oracle is in Oakland. So you have to cross the Bay Bridge. You have to go to Oakland. That's where they're at. That's, you know, it, it has a feel of like real fans are in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Real fans are going to Oracle. And when they move to the Chase Center, the real fans going to be priced out. It's just going to be a completely different situation. It, it's going to be Fortune 500 companies, Silicon Valley, compared to the real fan base of the Golden State Warriors. And and 
in two games, it could be all all over for them. Yeah, and you can tell when you watch those games, especially you know earlier in this season and and through their playoff runs, the more threes that Steph would hit or Clay would hit, the louder that place yeah, would get. You'd have the gimmick where you have like the 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 decibel meter yeah. by the sideline reporter. Well, they break like, that can, off there. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't so even work. It's it's something that I I think that Nick is right. I think that they realize that just everybody everybody just settle down. Well, and and it's back to what you said a couple minutes ago. Whenever the Warriors are pushed, they always push back harder. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something to always keep in mind. Uh, here's some numbers for you. So the Warriors shot uh, 8 of 33, 24% uh, from 3 in uh, Game 4. It was the lowest 3-point percentage in their last 26 playoff games. Well, add this. Under Steve Kerr, the Warriors are 15-1 and one straight up. And ten and ten and six against the spread at home, and and in the regular season, when they shoot below twenty five percent from three point range in the previous game. Okay, so to your point, Abdallah, they are fifteen and one straight up, and ten and six against the spread. When the previous game they shot like crap, mm-hmm. and they shot like crap in the last game, and they mm-hmm. almost tied it at the end with two three point chances from Durant and Curry. Odds are, getting home, and the way this trend goes, odds are the Warriors are going to play really well tonight. Do you have any dimes for me? Well, I mean, listen, I gave you a dime play earlier tonight, and you didn't take it. You didn't take the dime play, so I don't know how to help you. I I I just asked you if you had one. Well, in in the commercial break earlier tonight, I told you to make a play. Uh You didn't make the play, so how am I supposed to help you? Give me another play right here. But I I just don't come up with plays. This is something you you have to know. You play the trends. I'm looking at the Warriors. I'm looking at the Warriors minus six uh, for the game. I'm looking at them at minus three and a half for the first half. I'm looking at them at minus two two and a half, but that's a lot of juice. That's minus 125. That's a lot of juice. I ain't afraid to lay juice. I'll lay juice with the best of them, whatever. But I'm saying minus two and a half for the first quarter minus three and a half for the first half minus six for the game do you have any dimes well not not in this game right now well oh. the, the the dime that we rolled out earlier was the third quarter yeah. spread yeah. The bucks yeah. minus so, one and a so half so should i pay attention to my text message alerts for a maybe a later dime in this game for a a, a, a rockets warriors well, mid-game why- live betting dime that's why we play live uh, live gambling. That's why we do it, right? Because maybe there's an opportunity as the game goes along. I am interested in the first quarter, though, because don't you think Oracle's going to be rocking? And if a couple oh, three-point yeah. shots go down, For sure. what was that first quarter spread? Two and a half. Hmm. My guy... Uh my guy, Profit Blex here. But, but Profit Blex, get out of here with that <laughs> nonsense. Chris Buck and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, Justin from Bourbon A, he wins the pair of tickets to go to Bellator 221, Chandler versus Pitbull at Allstate Arena in Rosemont on Saturday, May 11th. Get your tickets now at bellator.com and at the Allstate Arena box office. Okay, so that's the pair of tickets. Later this hour, the VIP pack includes four tickets, a meet and greet, and the entire evening right there at Bellator 221. So we'll give away the VIP pack before we're done at 10 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. Earlier today, PJ Carlissimo was on with Carmen and Yurko, and he talked about the Golden State Warriors and why they are so vulnerable this season compared to previous championship runs for the Warriors. They've been inconsistent all year. Now, experience should tell you the team that has been more consistent, the team that's played well all year, uh, is best equipped to go out and do well in the playoffs. And these guys have been um, a soap opera all year. 
with you know with adding Demarcus with the little squabbles internally, who's going to leave, who's staying, whatever. You know, and you said all along, well, don't worry, when it gets to the playoffs, they're just going to flip a switch. Well, Clippers gave them more than they wanted, for sure. Clippers had no fear at all and went after them. And I think it's more that. I think more people now, and particularly in the first round of Clippers, and I give Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell a lot of credit for that because of their nature, just the, you know, the way they're built. And Houston doesn't fear them at all. Houston genuinely believes they can beat them. I don't know that anybody other than Cleveland in the last couple of years has really felt, hey, we can beat these guys four out of seven. Uh, I think there are more teams that feel that way this year. And the Warriors continue to be up and down and not finish games well. Even game two in uh, Oakland, the, the, you know, the injury game when Steph got hurt and James got hurt, they had a big lead late. They started turning the ball over like crazy. They missed a couple free throws. They, they just haven't been as overpowering. Now, are they, in my opinion, are they still the best team? Yes. Uh, you know, and they deserve uh, all the credit for what they've done the last four years. But I really believe they are the most vulnerable they've been uh, in the last couple of years. That's PJ Carlissimo on with Carmen and Yurko. You can hear the guys 12 to 2 every day right here on ESPN 1000. Sky Pippen was on the jump mm-hmm. along the same lines. He talked about Golden State being challenged unlike any time they've ever been challenged before in this playoff run. Not going to panic, but it's a lot of pressure on them. Yes. Mm-hmm. They must win at home. Uh, this is a three-game series for them right now as well as Houston has played against them throughout this season, throughout this playoff. They, they're being challenged, and we haven't seen the Golden State Warriors be pushed into a corner like they are right now. The Houston Rockets, fully healthy. Mm-hmm. They're fully healthy, so it's, it, it makes great for basketball. And uh, I think they realize that this is a dogfight for them, and they must win Game 5. So, Sky Pippen saying it's a must-win for the Golden State Warriors. We've heard Nick Ferdell say they're confident. They they don't have to have too much pressure on them because they know they'll show up and they'll roll. I'm not sure if it's a must-win. I, I don't think I would look at that. The only thing that I would uh, hesitate to say that can't happen is don't get blown out. We've seen many times this year at Oracle that Golden State loses by 20. The teams that shouldn't be beating them by 20 at home mm-hmm. Don't let the Rockets come in there and get up big in the second half and just kill the crowd, kill your chances there because that's losing three in a row to the Rockets and then going back to Houston, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I would say don't let them get any confidence. You know, you don't want a confident Rockets team going well, back home with a chance to close you out. Well, that, that comment's uh, interesting because, like, I don't think either team cares about the confidence factor. Like, yeah. like I think James Harden and Chris Paul are confident if they lose three in a row or if they win three in a row. Like, they think that they're great no matter what. And same with Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And I think that's why this series is so fascinating because you have Hall of Famers playing at their peak, mm-hmm. going against each other yeah. in a great series. I think that... I, well, being blown out is 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 a weird conversation because you think like a hard fought loss where guys are playing, you maybe go to an overtime or something. Wouldn't you rather have the blowout loss because then you get you you get the rest? No, well, because then you, you know, just pull guys. No, because and you go, we're done with this one. Listen, if this is the last game at Oracle and that's what well, you go yeah. out with, then you don't things want it are to be really the last bad. game at Oracle, but. I think ultimately, listen, you don't want to lose a game regardless. That's the dumbest thing to say. You don't want to lose a game. Of course you don't want to lose a game. Sure. But like like I said earlier, it seems to me that 
you, this team gets punched in the mouth, they rebound. I think this is a situation where Golden State goes in. I don't know if they roll Houston, but I think they, they win at least one more time at Oracle. Cause obviously if they win on the road, they'll be back there for the Western Conference Finals. But if this is the last, I think that they, I think that they find a way to pull this game out. So earlier tonight, the White Sox, they lose to the Indians five to three. Uh, off of a walk-off home run for Jose Ramirez, uh, they win, it was a two-run home run. So the what the Indians win it. The White Sox now go to sixteen and nineteen on the year. Um, Mankata went one of four uh, at bat. He had two strikeouts. Tim Anderson he went one of four as well. He did score a run for the White Sox tonight. Uh, so the Indians win. Uh, the White Sox lose. And you take a look at uh, Ronaldo Lopez tonight. Six innings pitch, nine hits, three runs, three earned. One walk, two strikeouts. He threw 92 pitches, 61 strikes. His ERA is now 6.36. Earlier today, Tim Anderson was on the Dan Levitard Show, Abdallah. And it was a fantastic interview. But Tim Anderson said this about baseball. This is one of the hottest players in baseball. Maybe a up-and-coming face of baseball. Here's Tim Anderson talking about how much he pays attention to baseball. You know, man, I'm I'm not really... You know, logged into the into the baseball world for real. I try to stay away from it, but you know, I play the game, and uh, you know, that's it. I leave it at that. Wait a minute, the AL Player of the Month is not logged on to baseball news. That's great. What is happening there? Mine is a boring sport. All right, there's Tim Anderson on the Dan Lebitard show, and every uh, old timey baseball guy just like. Got angry at the radio hearing Tim Anderson, a baseball player, one of the hottest players at the start of the season, player of the month, saying that baseball's a boring sport. He's right. Well, listen. He's right. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. 34-year-olds. We understand that. that, But, like, he's so forthright and honest in his response. You want to know why I don't pay attention to baseball? It's because it's boring. It's boring. It's boring. It's, I'll tell you this, Chris, unless it's on the ESPN family networks, I never have the sound on. I never have the sound on for baseball. Never. There's no point. I can watch it and do eight other things while I'm watching baseball. Well, people enjoy watching baseball and they enjoy listening to the sounds of baseball. It sounds like summer. It's boring. But, but it sounds like a boring summer night. It takes too long. This game, this Cubs game is now pushing almost three hours. They're in the 10th inning. This game started at 6.30, yes. It's, it, the, these games against the Marlins for the Cubs have felt like death marches. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God, this is, it's only the third inning. Like, the, it's so boring. And I know people will say, oh, well, if you take all the action in football and you take it down, it's only 9.32 minutes. I don't care about that. Because anything that happened during a football game, it's fun to watch. The action, they're setting up the play, they're showing you what happened. This is just, oh my god, it's still 2-2. Two to two. I don't care. Just end this game. Like, how many times have you been watching a baseball game that's gone to end this game? Or uh, watching a baseball game that's gone to uh, that You're watching a baseball game that goes to extra innings, and all you're thinking about is, <laughs> please end this game. Where you're watching, like, overtime hockey See, in the NHL playoffs, you're like, this is the most exciting thing in the world! This is where you and I differ. Uh, when I'm home, and it's the end of the night, I root. If, if I don't have a rooting interest in one of the teams competing... All I root for is more of that game. Why? So I root so for multiple overtimes. I want more, I want more of no. all of it. Like I was watching the Mariners last I week. I don't watch more baseball. Playing at night. Stop. Keep playing. Play some more. Why not? Ugh. 
Stop. We'll hear more from Tim Anderson on the Dan Levitard I'm show. Fix are you baseball. are you bothered by the fact that Tim Anderson said that baseball is boring and he's a baseball player? You can call us at 312-332-3776. More from Tim Anderson and the White Sox coming up next right here on ESPN 1000. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. <laughs> Time for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I wish I knew you when I was young. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Reminder, in 10 minutes, we will tell you when to call for Bellator 221 VIP pack for four tickets and a meet and greet. This Saturday, Chandler versus Pitbull at the All-State Arena in Rosemont. Coming up in 10 minutes, we'll let you know when to call. It's all brought to you by Bellator.com and the All-State Arena box office. Chris Bluckenham, Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Kyrie Irving goes 6 of 21, 15 points as the Celtics lose tonight. 116 to 91 to the Bucks. The Bucks head to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll break that down in a couple of minutes, Adam, but first... We'll address Tim Anderson. He said this earlier today to Dan Levitard. When Levitard was asking him, does he pay attention to baseball, to baseball news? This is what Tim Anderson had to say. You know, man, I'm not, I'm not really, you know, logged into the, into the baseball world. For real, I try to stay away from it. But, you know, I play the game and, uh, you know, that's it. I leave it at that. Wait a minute. The AL Player of the Month is not logged on to baseball news. That's great. What is happening there? Man, it's a boring sport. <laughs> <laughs> and he's obviously joking but there's truth in that and you agree that it is a boring sport yeah i absolutely agree i think it's super boring because i mean th- there's no action I-, I fall asleep sometimes i like the cubs i like javi Baez. i like chris bryant i like anthony rizzo i like kyle schwarber i like the team i like watching them do good things but ultimately the sport as a whole has an interest problem, and it's because the sport is boring. The strikeout, home run, or pop fly is boring. It is boring to watch. It is boring for a youngster, if you will, to get into and watch unless they're playing it. You're not young, though. Yeah, but I am bored by it, and that's a problem. I'm 34, and I'm bored by it. I don't have the attention span to watch it. Well, Well, think, if I'm 34, they don't. It should, the, the, right, yeah, the average I mean, the, age the shows. Numbers, the numbers are showing, yes. The average uh, age of a baseball fan yeah. 10 years ago was 44. You know what it is yeah. now? 54. Yeah, more kids are actually playing Fortnite than watching baseball. Yeah, that is, exactly. That is a fact. Uh, 312-332-3776. Let's go to Grace in Lake Villa. What's up, Grace? Hi. I am actually a youngster, and I do very much enjoy baseball. And I've, I'm a girl, and I've been sitting and watching my brother play baseball for years now. And I'm not even playing it, and I enjoy watching it a lot. And I feel that if you're playing the sport, you should thoroughly enjoy it because if you don't like it, then how are you going to perceive that out to the fans? How are the fans going to be in it with you? And how are the fans going to like it just as much as you do? If you're playing a sport, you need to love it. And if you don't love it, then you shouldn't be playing the sport. And how can it be boring? Like, there's so much strategy, just the noises, like the fans' reactions. How can it be boring for someone? Grace, will you yell at Abdallah for me? I mean, he doesn't get she it. Doesn't it's the sound of me. summer. She Go get him, Grace. Get him. Bruno Mars is the sound of summer. 
Well, you look, can't speak for all of the youngsters out there because I know plenty of my friends who love watching baseball just as much as I do. You might meet some kids that don't like it, but that doesn't speak for all of us. Appreciate the call, Grace. Thank you. So, Abdallah, it, like here, here's the thing. The best point that Grace made there is that Tim Anderson is selling the sport of baseball, and Tim Anderson can't go on national radio shows and say it's boring. He is the, the tool to sell the sport to the younger people, to the older people, to everyone that baseball is trying to get to watch its sport. You can't go out there and say that. You can probably feel it, right? Like, I'm sure there's things that baseball players feel that they shouldn't say. He can't go out there and publicly say that baseball is a boring sport. No. That he, doesn't help the sport. It doesn't help him. It doesn't help the Chicago White Sox. He is, it doesn't help uh, Manfred. It doesn't help anyone in the Major League Baseball offices when you got players out there saying that. But he believes that he is out there trying to change that perception. That it is, it is a boring sport by doing the bat flipping and, and calling out guys on Twitter, like the back and forth between him and Trevor Bauer earlier this week. That's what he thinks he's doing. And more power to him. Let him try to make the sport more interesting. And I know Grace loves baseball and that's great. I'm glad that Grace and her friends love baseball. Obviously not every single young person hates baseball. Obviously. But a majority of them do. And that's something you can't deny that a majority of young people think baseball's boring we will continue to take these calls on what tim anderson said i'm chris black with am abdallah here on espn 1000 and the espn app we have a final at wrigley field oh. at the bottom of the 11th jason hayward walk off home run the cubs win it three to two Woo. over the miami marlins Woo. big win for the cubs kyle hendricks pitched very well jason hayward leads ends up leading off the game and comes around here, wins the game. That's two walk-offs in a row for the Cubs. Chris yeah. Bryant did it yesterday. Nobody really talked about it today because there was other news involving the Cubs. Yeah, and we'll address uh-huh. uh, Aston Russell in a second. But it's a big victory for the Chicago Cubs because you face the Marlins here in town after you had the hot weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was a challenge. These games weren't easy against the Miami Marlins. Yeah, but so- come... To come out with two victories like this, it's pretty good. And coming off of his amazing performance last week, Kyle Hendricks goes eight innings, gives up no earned runs, striked out seven uh, guys, had through 96 pitches, 74 of them for strikes. His ERA is now 3.19. And wasn't it like almost six? Two starts ago. Yeah. And the bullpen again. Kyle Ryan comes in, gives up the single earned run, but the rest of them, Steve Cisek, Tyler Chatwood, Carl Edwards Jr. come in, do a great job for them. It took extra innings, but ultimately a very cold now and wet Jason Hayward as he's getting uh, covered in the, in the, the celebratory water for another walk-off win for the Cubs. So Jason Hayward, homer to left. Uh, 370 feet in the bottom of the 11th. Cubs win it 3-2. to two. If you want to talk Chicago Cubs baseball, White Sox baseball, Chris Black and Adam Abdallah, we're here for you here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. To go back to Tim Anderson, a couple more things they said to Dan Levitard earlier today. He talked about his approach to the game of baseball. I've always been a, you know, try to be a leader and set the tone. So I like to do stuff different. And, uh, you know, I consider myself different. So I like to go out and play, you know, a lot of passion, and because that's fun, and I think that you know that draws attention to the to the fans and uh, you know the kids. You know the kids love it. You know when I'm on deck now, I get you know from the fans. You know I do the backflip, so you know it's it's cool stuff, man, and it's all fun stuff. You know it's nothing out of you know disrespecting anybody. 
But uh, I think it's a part of the game, or it should be. Tim Anderson, is he ever worried about any unwritten rules in the game of baseball? I don't care, you know, about about that or, you know, about those rules. You know, I, I go out and play my game every day, and, uh, you know, I bring what I got to the ballpark every day. Uh, I'm ready to compete. You know, uh, I don't want you to be the guy that want to play against me. Uh, so, you know, man, I, I think my teammates understand me. I think they get me. So, uh, you know, man, I go in and I, and I play hard every day, and I have fun, you know. So it was a good interview. Uh, obviously, him joking that baseball is boring. He obviously wants to bring some flair to the game. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it fun. That makes the game of baseball fun. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The Cubs, they win it 3-2 to two in the bottom of the 11th. Jason Hayward goes yard, the home run. And then Kyle Hendricks was outstanding. Eight innings pitch, five hits, one run. No runs given up, uh, earned. Uh, no walks, seven strikeouts, 96 pitches, 74 for strikes. His ERA is now 3.19. But this game was not the biggest story of what took place today because when Addison Russell stepped to the plate, there were loud boos at Wrigley Field each and every time he came to the dish. Yeah, and he was uh, reinstated today. He was brought up uh, to the Cubs, recalled to the Cubs from Iowa, started at second base, had a few at-bats. He was booed this morning or this this evening when he came up. He was booed harder the second time uh, during his second at-bat. Theo Epstein spoke about that earlier today, about re- uh, recalling him, why they recall him. Ben Zobrist was placed on a restricted list. He's taking time to be with his family for an undisclosed issue. Uh, and also the other news uh, with the bullpen performing so well uh, on the heels of Pedro Strope going on the 10-day IL uh, with a grade 2 hamstring strain. So a ton of news surrounding the Cubs before the game, overshadowing yesterday's great win and Chris Bryant is back and hitting home runs again and everything. And then the Addison news, the Addison Russell news comes down and then they win in another, in a walk-off fashion again. But ultimately, Addison Russell is the, being back with the team, uh, after dealing with, with his issues and still, still dealing with his, uh, domestic violence issues and still doing a lot of work, as Theo Epstein said, uh, Theo Epstein said, having to do a lot of work. And this is not the finish line. This is only the starting line for him and the amount of work that he needs to do. He met the media as well. Addison Russell talked about how he needs to continue to strive to be a better person for himself, his family, and his teammates as well. Addison Russell tonight goes 0 for 3. He had a walk and a strikeout. Um, it's an interesting, uh, weird topic. And it's weird because how are you supposed to feel about this? I understand we, we have the mics in front of us, so we need to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not okay with it. And I, I think many Cub fans are probably not okay with it. Uh, it feels as if the Cubs did everything they could to make sure everything was in place so they don't get any uh, bad PR back at them. But yet, Addison Russell is still on the field for this team, even though he did bad things in the past. Mm-hmm. And sure, re- you could rehabilitate. Uh, second chances are noteworthy. Yeah, absolutely. I believe in those. I'm not sure if it works for my team, though. If I'm a Cub fan, am I okay with Addison Russell being on this team celebrating tonight? The walk-off winner, Jason Hayward? We'll take your calls, 312-332-3776. Adam said Russell spoke before the game. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from Theo Epstein. That's coming up next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Yo, it's time for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. A drive out of the left. It's a home run. 
wins it tonight. Trying to make a habit out of it. Channel 9 for the highlight. Chris Black and Am Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Sitting in for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. Thanks to Ken uh, Pompey from Philadelphia. He's a 76ers reporter. He joined us earlier in the show. Kirk Goldsberry joined us from ESPN earlier in the show. And thanks to Eric Ostrowski for producing tonight's show. Uh, before we wrap things up, we will hear from Theo Epstein and Asin Russell. Tonight, Asin Russell goes 0 for 3, one walk, one strikeout. The Cubs win the game. Jason Hayward with the walk-off winner, as you heard right there. And also, Kyle Hendricks was fantastic tonight. Eight innings pitch, five hits, one run, seven strikeouts, 96 pitches, 74 strikes. His ERA is now 3.19. But the story of the day, Chris, is Addison Russell. His call-up from Iowa, his return to the lineup, the starting lineup, batting eighth, uh, playing second base today. Theo Epstein addressed his return before the game. Back in November, uh, when we made the decision to tender Addison a contract, we explained that... Uh, we were giving him a conditional second chance. Um, that was a decision that uh, we came to after a lot of thought and and consulting a lot of experts um, who who all um, who all told us that zero zero tolerance was not uh, effective or appropriate um, uh, under under the circumstances. So we, we wrestled with with that decision. We decided that um, a conditional second chance. Uh, we thought was appropriate. It also reflected um, our decision to, you know, take some responsibility um, for for what had happened. That Addison um, had been part of the organization from age 20 on. You know, he'd, we'd been a big part of his development. He'd been a big part of our success, um, and that uh, we felt like um, the most appropriate thing we could do was was put our best foot forward, do everything we possibly could to become a small part of the solution for Addison, um, for Melissa, for the people in Addison's life, and, and hopefully a small part of the solution to the to the plague of domestic violence in our society overall. So we made that decision to give him a conditional second chance. Uh, I said at the time, and I'll say again, that, that was not a rubber stamp uh, for Addison to return to the Cubs and, and to, wear, uh, to wear the Cubs uniform for a major league game ever again. Before the game, Aston Russell, he addressed reporters. Here's Aston Russell talking to the reporters about his return to the Cubs and his progress he's made. I think uh, in the past I was a little bit more shy and timid and really didn't want to you know, speak on how I felt. And and, uh, and uh, I think that can only get you so far, but now, but now I feel like I'm a little bit more open and uh, I can kind of speak to what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking a little bit better and and uh, it's just opened me up a little bit. Addison, is it is it a goal of yours to win back fans that maybe are against the Cubs bringing you back? I think that's uh, a huge step along the way. Uh, you know, the goal, the goal. I can't tell you what the big goal is, but I can tell you that I just need to hit small, small goals, uh, and then you know, over time, reflect and then look and see how far I've came, and then just keep going forward. What do you, what do you tell the uh, What do you tell the people who say you don't deserve to be back? You know, I, you know, I'm here. You know, uh, I know, I know that you know they're gonna think and say whatever they want to say, and uh, and uh, they're entitled to that, and uh, I respect them for that. But but uh, thing is, I'm here, and uh, 
I have an opportunity to help this team win. As from Russell tonight, 0 for 3, one walk, one strikeout. He is here. It doesn't feel right, though. And and they can say they did everything right. And before we finish the Aston Russell thought, Kevin from Joliet, he wins the VIP package for Bellator 221. He wins VIP uh, VIP ticket package for four, including tickets, a meet and greet at Bellator 221, Chandler versus Pitbull, uh, Allstate Arena in Rosemont on Saturday, May 11th. Get your tickets now at Bellator.com and at the Allstate Arena box office. It just doesn't feel right. I'm not going to cheer for him personally. I'm going to continue to be a Cubs fan, but ultimately, uh, I, as long as he doesn't do anything to get off of this path, I think he's on the right path, and the Cubs have the, it's their right to make this decision, ultimately. It is, but it doesn't mean it has to sit right with you. That's right? It like, absolutely like doesn't. Like in, and it in doesn't. Your gut. And, uh, and it John, doesn't. John from Wheaton called. He wants to get on. We have seven seconds left in this show. He says he's disappointed in the Cubs bringing Russell back. I think a lot of Cub fans are going to say that. Absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We're uh, both here with Cap tomorrow at yeah. 9. Talk to you then. Bye. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. <laughs>